Hi and welcome to the FG Personal Training Podcast. Here's another episode of Debunking Myths and Misconceptions. Uh, joining me in George today is Rachel. Hi Rachel. Hiya. So we're going to focus a little bit more today on nutrition rather than training protocols. Um, so we're going to head through our first sort of our first sort of three uh, topics to debate about, and then we'll go through our common misconception at the end. So our first one is fat, sugar, and carbs make you fat. So who wants to kick off on this one? Go on, Rachel. We'll let the well, ultimately, it's, I think, the same answer as with any food. If you answered that, if you replace that with protein, makes you fat or anything. Yeah, if you have too much of it, basically. Everything is fine in moderation. You know, I think people have this idea in their head that, oh my God, anything with fats in is bad. It's not. Fat, your body needs fats. It needs the fatty acids so that your body can function properly. You know, fat should make up, I think it's between 20 to 35% of your diet. They're really important. If you have too much of them, yes, of course, they will make you fat, but everything in moderation is fine. And obviously, choosing healthy fat sources, like fats from meat, um, avocados, foods like that, as opposed to fats from cakes, sweets, blah, blah, blah will also have an impact on how your body functions, how you feel, and your general health and well-being. Yeah, I think sort of like just sort of elaborating on that, I think it is very much like, um, it's almost like a lot of these things have always been like demonised for being the sole reason for why people put on like an excessive amount of like body fat. But it's not necessarily that it's, it's because you're eating too much fat specifically, it's just because you're eating too much just in general. And if you look at most people's diets, like the reason why these things tend to be demonized is usually because when you look at someone's diet um who is like maybe a little bit overweight you'll probably tend to find that they probably eat an excessive amount of carbohydrates of sugars and of fat so it's not necessarily because they are evil and they make you fat it's just you're just eating too much of it so it's not because like i said it's that one whole thing it's just because you're eating too many calories and those calories that you're eating are coming from those certain things. So if you reduce the amounts of those calories from those certain areas, then you'll probably, you know, be in a calorie deficit and start losing some form of body fat. So Yeah, and I think that comes from that, like you said, demonizer is a good word. We talked about it in one of the myths before about muscle mm. and putting on like doing strength training will make you big. It's again it's just it's this demonizing, it's this general where kind of people like us who know what we're talking about try and put it in layman's terms and then the layman's terms gets laymanized. And it kind of, like you say, fat is, um, fat, fat is bad, where actually it's, it's, you need it. And the, I, I read an interesting stat, so I've got it here, I wrote it down. Um, so obviously, if we're gonna get a little bit technical about it, obviously carbs, protein, carry four, kilo, uh, four calories per gram, fat is nine calories per gram. So what happened was the US uh, Dietary Association did a study between 1970 and 2000, um, where daily, calories in America increased on average by 24 and a half percent. It's something like 540 calories extra Americans were eating per day between that, in that 30 year, in that 30 year um, cycle. Um, and the advice was uh, because of the, do you remember like the pyramid that we did at school? Like yeah, the, the yeah, food pyramid? Yeah. That came from America. So yeah. obviously the British version now is the good food plate. Um, but the American, the American pyramid had carbs as, as, the, as the primary source because what their view of it was that because carbs have less calories per gram, it was better to eat more of those than it was to, for fat. So this is where this came from. But they noticed, that, like I say, calories went up by 24%. Um, and what this was, was so they, the advice was to eat more carbohydrates than fat uh, from the government. And actually what they found was there was a, um, 
there was like a reactive um, hypoglycemic value in that in those foods because of the high sugars and carbs. Um, and one of the site this was found in healthy individuals that weren't, didn't have diabetes. So this this effect was coming from in those in those people. Um, and one of the symptoms of um, the spike was that you became more hungry because the spike then led by a drop. So what people were doing is, and then they were craving more carbs. So this is where this came from. So this higher carb intake was then creating spikes in people that didn't have diabetes. And then it became, whereas it, then the massive drop, so they were craving more carbs and this actually increased their calories. So even though, yes, there's less calories per gram of carbs, it actually created almost a dependence on carbohydrate. Yeah. And I think, again, this is where this, where we've got fat, sugar, and carbs make you fat. Stuff like this gets laymanized, and people go, oh, well, then carbs make you fat. Yeah. Well, actually, it wasn't carbs making people yeah. fat. It was the excess amount of people just eating because of this, this spike in, in their glycemic index. And I think that's where kind of like low GI diets and stuff then came from. Um, but that was an interesting interesting study that I read from the US Dietary um, yeah. Association. I think that just sort of puts it in pr into perspective really like it really is like it's not necessarily one sole thing that's doing it it's just you're just it's an excessive amount of one thing it's like but that's like that with anything if you ate too much protein it will just be too many calories and you'd put on weight if you ate too much fat then it'll be too many calories and you put on weight if you ate too many carbs same thing so it's just like it's really about, like say, moderation of each. It's probably the best way to go about it. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, um, as sort of Freddie was saying, I think, I mean, I mentioned about fats, but I think carbs are something that are very demonised. Mm. I mean, the amount of people I have come in and they say to me, oh yeah, I wanted to lose weight, um, so I just haven't eaten any carbs. Mm. And I just sit there and think, oh no, because that is how it's portrayed online a lot I think that carbs are bad you need to cut down yeah. on carbs stop eating carbs but no carbs are your instant energy source we need carbs they are what keeps us going throughout the day you know 50% of our diet should be from carbs that's for a reason and um, they are needed I think this idea has been taken too far of cutting down on carbs often in a Western society's diet we are too carb heavy so a lot of people do need to cut down on the amount of carbs they're eating. However, that doesn't mean by any means that you should not eat carbs. They're vital in your diet. I think that goes for any, any sort of main macronutrient. Like, mm -hmm. It's not that you need to completely cut it out of your diet because they're the thing making you fat. Like, it's not that at all. It's just like make sure you're just like not eating excessive amounts of it. Everything um, in moderation. Yeah, like, I think it really is as simple as that, really. But again, it's, like, it's coming back to terminology again, isn't it? Because fat, actually, there's dietary fat, as in the macronutrient fat, and then there's fat cells, which we would call adipose tissue. Mm -hmm. So actually, it's a build-up of that tissue that is actually what people would call fat. Mm -hmm. But actually, I think because they make the connotation of dietary fat and yeah. I am fat or you are fat, yeah. that's where they kind of go, well, if I cut that out, this will change this. Yeah. Well, actually, they're completely separate. They're completely separate things. Yeah. Um, and like, that's why I think, again, we laymanize it to a point where we've probably almost laymanized it too much, um, where people are saying, well, we just call it fat, but what we mean is fatty cells. Mm. So we're going, well, if, if fat and fat, if I'm, if I'm fat or I'm overweight, I've got to then cut out fat. Well, actually, like we've just discussed, that's, that's the wrong thing. And I think that comes from, again, one lack of knowledge 
and two, just everything being probably watered down over many, many years, where it's kind of got to the point where with stuff like with stuff like this, where people kind of go, that's fat, this is fat, they're connected, when actually they're not really connected directly like that at all. There's many other things in between, yeah. this and this, making this, yeah. making whatever happen, like you're saying. It's just, it's just calories, which then leads us on to the next one. So to lose weight, you must choose to go on a diet. So again, let's look at the word diet first. What I eat is my diet, but I'm not on a diet. And I think, again, this is where the two words get interconnected. So when we talk about people's, especially we would notice it as coaches, we often talk about people's diet and people shriek at the word diet and go, oh, I don't want to go on a diet. No, no, I just want to look at what you eat. What you eat on a daily basis is your diet. Yeah. Your diet will fit your lifestyle or your sport or whatever it's going to be. But the word diet has now become almost, like I say, demonized because diet means to the general population or most of them to go on a diet. Yeah. So to lose weight, you must choose to go on a diet. So do you? Well, I mean, like, like you're just saying, your diet is kind of what, what you just eat in a day. Like this, your intake essentially and what do you eat and um i think like so a lot of people are in this mindset of well as soon as i need to lose weight i need to go on a diet but no you not necessarily need to go on a diet like a lot of people they'll pick a certain diet they'll search off on the internet what diets can i go on and there's so many there's i mean intermittent fasting was quite a sort of popular, uh, popular one there's like the carnival diet i mean keto ketogenic diets now i mean I mean, they're just some that I can think of off the top of my head. But I mean, when you sort of look at all diets as a whole and you sort of see what they do, I mean, I know like there's other things like Weight Watchers and Slimming World and things like that. And they'll put, they've got their own sort of system of how, how they get people to lose weight. But really, it's all, they all do the same thing. Like, but I think people think that each diet does something different. Like, because like, I know there's a lot of claims like intermittent fasting, like, does this and that to like help you burn more calories during the day and stuff, which like, I'm not sure if there's that much truth in it. I haven't really looked at the research too much, but I'm pretty sure like there's like, really all it does is you skip a meal in terms of intermittent fasting, you skip a meal so that you don't have breakfast. So you're say five, 600 calories down compared to someone who does have breakfast. Mm. So you're just in a calorie deficit. Carnival diet, you'll reduce again your amount of um, calories from carbohydrates so your calorie intake is now lower, so you're in calorie deficit. Same with ketogenic diet, like it's the same thing again. You're just reducing it. It's all about calorie restriction. Like every single diet that has ever been really sort of created or, or founded has mostly, in fact, probably 99% of them all kind of create a calorie deficit. And that is what's creating the fat loss. Not because, oh, I've cut out carbs and that's why I'm losing fat. It's not that at all. It's just because you're eating less calories. So really, that's kind of as simple as it needs to be. As in my opinion, I think it's literally just control your calorie intake and you don't need to pick a certain diet. You just need to change or manipulate what you're eating so that you're not eating too many calories and that way you won't gain so much fat. Absolutely, absolutely right. Yeah, I think, um, like you say, there's these diets out there and people think, oh, I want to lose weight, right, which one should I go on? Yeah. And they pick the keto diet, which cuts out um, the majority of your carbohydrate intake and I often find that when people go on these diets and pick a diet it's not maintainable mm. it's not sustainable and they go on it for you know a few weeks month max and then they start eating normal again and that weight goes straight back on yeah. 
Whereas actually, like you say, all the diets are doing the same thing. They're just reducing your calorie intake. So if you eat exactly the same as what you normally eat, just take your portion sizes down. You've taken your calories down. You're still getting in all those foods you like and enjoy. You're still getting your carbs. You're still getting your protein. You're still getting your fats, but you're losing weight. And I think it's also touching on what Freddie said. I think it's this idea of how are you using the word diet? Um, because it's just a description of what you eat. Now, if you want to lose weight, you need to go, you need to restrict your calories. If you want to gain weight, you need to increase your calories. That doesn't mean you have to go on one of these fad diets, yeah. as they're often called, like keto, um, Atkins, stuff mm. like that. Um, yeah, just look at your calories, reduce or increase your portions. But a sustainable diet is one that you enjoy and you're happy on and you feel energized on. Otherwise, there's no point. And I always try and like, I always say any diet that works is a good diet. That's kind of my ethos of it. We know they're not sustainable long term, these things. You can't, you can't do this forever. But if you're, if you're looking for a kind of a, I know in my, industry, like in my world of combat sports, we would often do a quick diet to get a few pounds off ready for the competition or for the fight or whatever. Um, but again, like I say, it's not, that's not sustainable, but I would never, I, I, I try really hard not to criticize things like Weight Watchers and Slimming World and those kind of things, because what, what they're good at is they're good at creating a community of people, of like-minded people who all want to achieve the same thing. Whether one wants to lose six stone or one wants to lose two pounds, they're all in the same thing. They all want to lose, they all want to lose weight. And actually, I think that's where, that's where the, the key of that is they create a sense of community and they have this, they have this great thing where they, you kind of, it's a supportive environment, but really what they're packaging is a calorie deficit diet. Yeah. That's what they're packaging, however they do it, whether it's through, we're not gonna go, I don't wanna go into it here, but there's a lot of stuff that, that they do well, but there's a lot of stuff that I think they do, they do poorly. Mm. But one thing they do, they do create results. Um, how long-term that is, again, can be, can be argued. But I think it comes from, like there was something you said, and it was a key word, and you kind of just skipped over it, was fat loss. Mm. And I actually think when people talk about losing weight, they don't want to lose weight, they want to lose size. 99% yeah. of the people that walk through this door, when they talk about losing weight, they want to lose size. And actually, I've got a lot of clients who actually probably weigh more, but are smaller, because that comes from density of muscle. We all know, we've all heard muscle weighs more than fat. Well, a pound of muscle and a pound of fat is a pound, yeah. but a pound of fat is as big as that table, and a pound of muscle is that big. So we know, it's, we know muscle's more dense, and actually, when people talk about losing weight, they talk that when we lose weight, we don't just lose losing weight means losing weight so you lose muscle you lose strength you lose obviously you lose your your fat stores as well but let, let's again let's, let's think about terminology and actually most people want to lose size when they talk about losing weight and they want to lose fat they don't want to lose muscle and actually again this comes back to kind of some previous podcasts that we've done on myths about women being bigger and stuff if they strength train and actually we know this is sort of impossible really because of genetics and um, hormones and stuff like that but again, let's come back to terminology. People talk about losing weight. What they really mean is they want to lose size and they want to lose fat. They don't want to lose strength. They don't want to lose muscle because that is, that is part and parcel of, if you're going to lose weight, that is part and parcel of it. You're going to not be as strong probably. You're not going to be as, as fit maybe because you have, to, you have to sacrifice that as well. Um, so I think, it, again, it just comes down to terminology and just making sure that people understand if they are going to lose weight, what do they mean by that? Do they mean they want to lose everything or do they just want to lose size? Mm -hmm. Is it an aesthetic thing? And I think, obviously, it's a health thing as well. 
But even when doctors say, but you need to lose weight, what they really mean is you need to lose yeah. fat. Yeah. I think also just touching on that, I'm sure you guys have had it. People come in and they say, I want to lose weight. And they think they have to do lots of cardio to do that. Mm. And then we get them strength training. And I often think people are a bit confused by that. Because yeah. they don't think that's going to help them lose weight. Yeah. But actually, it all goes in part and parcel with the diet side of things. But just to say that the reason we do that is that um, I, I don't want to quote the figures because I don't want to quote them wrong. But it's the amount of um, calories a pound of fat burns per hour is a lot more. It's quite considerably more. I think it's something like the difference between four calories per hour with a pound of fat and 12 calories per hour with a pound of muscle. So basically, if we can build up your muscle more, if you've got more muscle, even when you're sitting at home doing nothing, you're going to be burning more calories than when you were sitting at home with more fat. Yeah. So you'll be burning calories, more calories all the time, yeah. uh, which will lead to the weight loss. Yeah, I've heard an analogy that I, I quite like, which is almost like, think of you yourself as a car almost, and the horsepower on the car is your muscle tissue. Mm -hmm. The more horsepower a car has, how much fuel is it going to burn, more or less? More. Yeah. So the more horsepower we can build, the more muscle mass you can build, that's more energy your body has to try and find just to function, just to be awake, because it's now, you're just larger, you have more lean tissue that your body has to supply with nutrients and oxygen. So it has to work hard, it has to use more energy to do that. So. The more muscle mass you have, generally, the more calories or more energy you will just have to burn just to function, just to walk around. So then your like TDEE, so your total, uh, total daily energy expenditure is going to be much higher. And that is usually where most of our calories is going to be burnt, just doing general activity, just walking around. The more you can walk, the better. Like, and that kind of is, like you say, like, that's why we get the strength training. Just, Build some lean tissue, and they tend to burn probably a little more calories doing that anyway, just with like multi-joint exercises. And, and also, how many times have we heard athletes say, oh, I'm eating more, but I'm losing weight? Because mm -hmm. actually, got more, there's more muscle mass there for one, so you, you need the energy more to, yeah. you need more in to help you out. Yeah. But also, let's talk about like, like a bit about metabolism and stuff. I always say, I use the car analogy, like if my car's sitting on the driveway, it's not using any fuel. Mm -hmm. So if I'm sitting down, I'm not using any fuel where you have, to, you have to get your metabolism going in order to burn those calories. So if you're sitting down a lot, eat accordingly. You don't have to eat yeah. all day if you're sitting down. And I think this is the problem where, again, we get like boredom eating and stuff. And again, your, your metabolism, it's like if my car won't start unless I put a key in it, my metabolism won't start unless I put food in it. So just sat there, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. Um, so that's why we talk about like getting your metabolism going, getting get moving and stuff like this because if you're sat there doing zero yeah. you don't need the energy expenditure and coming back to sort of the fat carbs and make you fat and coming on to the next point here so you have to have protein supplement after exercise um, we'll come into it a bit more detail in some of the studies and stuff but again this is kind of the thing where people go oh I've just exercised I've got to eat mm. it's this, this constant thing we've got to be eating all the time mm. and I said well okay, you might need, uh, must have a protein supplement immediately after exercise. What does that mean? How, if you've done a massive strength session, okay, your body might crave the protein. Mm. But if you've done a yoga session that may be a bit more low intensity, do you need to go and pop a protein shake, a 30 gram protein shake in your car? Mm. 
after your yoga session. Let's just chat a little bit about that. Yeah, I think I think there is like a bit of a misunderstanding of like it's almost like as soon as you've had a session, if you there's almost like there's what's called like people think of it as called like an anabolic window where there'll be a period of time after a session where you must get some form of protein in. Um, otherwise, like, like, kind of like you won't get the same effect of like building the same amount of muscle. Either. Which, like, again, like, I can't say for sure that it definitely isn't true, but I'm pretty sure there's quite a bit of research to kind of, kind of sort of like go against it, where it's like there's not really a huge anabolic, or, or there's not really a really specific anabolic window as much as what people make out. There might be a slight one, but it doesn't make that much of a difference. Like, I want to bring you to a blog post I read today. So uh, Virginia Richardson, uh, who's, a, who's a nutritionist, um, she has a blog and there's a, she, I was reading a blog about sports nutrition. And uh, so she said uh, in her blog, uh, research has shown uh, to enforce adaptation as in muscle build after a after heavy session. Eat, eat, this is as well. So this is again, this is away from protein supplementation. Eat within 30 to 45 minutes of exercise um, that has lasted for more than one hour. So if you've exercised for over one hour and it's heavy session, you should try and eat between 30 and 45 minutes for the most, uh, for the best form of adaptation. However, um, there are benefits that can be found 24 hours afterwards as well. So again, there isn't this kind of, there isn't this definite window after exercise. For best result, 30 to 45 minutes, um, but there's still benefit within 24 hours. Um, and again, she's in this uh, article, it says um, meat resulted in greater lean muscle gains uh, than veg diets. However, um, you can do that if you vary up, if you are vegetarian or vegan, you make sure you just um, vary up sort of your food sources so you enjoy the full range of like, amino acids. Um, and that's not me plugging a meat diet, that's me plugging a real food diet over a supplement diet. Because um, again, back to sort of the, the diet thing, people do juicing and they kind of come off whole foods and they go, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm juicing. Yeah. Well, w why? Mm. Like a whole food diet is, is proven now, we know this, like you don't need to quote any kind of stats and figures, but we know a whole food diet is way better than that of a liquid one. I think there was some study that done where as soon as you basically juice um, like solid foods, you kind of lose a lot of the uh, like mineral, uh, nutrients that it kind of holds. Yeah. So, again, you're not really going to get the full benefits from the food. And you lose um, a lot of the um, fibre of the yeah. food as well, which is so important for your digestive yeah. system. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, I, I think, like, like you say, like, again, like juicing or like having like more like liquid based diets, like, in terms of why people do it, I guess it's a lot, lot more convenient. Again, it's like one of these like fad diets, again, isn't it? That there's been claims and You'll see like a lot of these things get like pushed by celebrities and all that sort of stuff again, just like and they promote them and again it's just all like mis misconceptions and misunderstandings about what's kind of what works and what doesn't. It's not that it doesn't work necessarily, it's just in terms of being the most efficient it probably isn't. But it's very much one thing I forgot to say on the last part, very much person dependent. If someone finds, you know what, a liquid diet works really well for me and I've got really good results on it and I can sustain it, fine, yeah. whatever. But if someone, you can see quite clearly like they're sort of fluctuating up and down, they can't really sustain it, so well clearly that's not really something you want to carry on with. Maybe you try a different approach, but people always tend to 
you know, like fluctuate up and down with a lot of these darts. They'll try one after the other, hoping that they'll find one for them. But a lot of the times, they just need to manipulate and change their diet slightly just to make them work for them. That's why I mentioned the whole combat thing. Like, there's periods of time where I did it when I was competing where you have to kind of go on a diet. Mm to just lose a little bit of weight. But that's why I said I would never knock a diet that works. Mm. It's just, I would always question the sustainability. But back to the supplements, mm. protein supplements. One thing I always, so again, talking of fats, I was the same person, joined the gym at 16. Right, I'm gonna go and buy a Max Muscle. Go to Boots, go and get a mm. big jar of Max Muscle because that's what everyone does, right? You, you go and buy your shaker, you go and spend millions of pounds on protein powder. We were having a conversation the other day, weren't we, about protein powder, now it's skyrocketed as well. Um, but yeah, it's kind, of, it's, it's kind of this fad thing that everyone sort of does. Um, I don't actively encourage my clients to take them, even the guys at athlete level and training hard and stuff on them. Um, the only time I really ever promote them is the other way when we're talking about calorie deficit, but calorie intake. So if I've got an athlete that's training two, three, four times a day, so someone like, someone like a, let's look at Anthony Joshua. So I know he takes a lot of supplementation and he's been quite outspoken on his supplementation. He takes it because he physically can't eat that much during a day. The guy's 19 stone and he trains three times a day. He's got to be able to, we've talked about muscle mass, the guy, if you, we all know who Anthony Joshua is, we know the guy carries a lot of muscle mass. He's got to fuel that all day and he's got to fuel it through hard training sessions. So for him to take on those calories, he said he physically can't eat 10,000 million calories a day. Yeah. So he does it through supplementation because it's easier to drink probably, I don't know what an average protein shake is um, in terms of calories, but it's easier to drink it than it is to eat it. Um, and obviously, if you're keeping a sort of a, a, a good diet where you're not eating, I know, but then again, we're, we're going to come to the misconception in a minute, but um, Phelps, the swimmer, Michael Phelps, you used to eat pizzas during training because yeah. you had to consume that many calories. Yeah. So you just down pizzas. Well, it's like a lot of the strong men, like those guys, they have to consume horrendous amounts of calories. Yeah. Like, I remember watching, like, we probably all seen, like, the Eddie Hall documentary, and he's, like, saying he's, like, eating, like, 10,000 calories a day. And he was saying, like, oh, yeah, I just eat, like, a full cheesecake. Just yeah. because it's, like, got, like, say, I don't know, 1,000 calories in it. Yeah, it was saying, like, a bucket of porridge in yeah. the morning. It but was like, unreal. Well, otherwise, if he tried to eat really clean, the amount of food he would have to consume yeah. to get up to those calories, it's just, like, yeah. he can't consume all that food. So he kind of does have to find calorie-dense foods, which tend to be, like, more, pro like, like say like processed foods and stuff, things that like kind of just like combined with like higher fats, sugars, more carbohydrate based stuff, things that just contain a lot of calories and they just tend to eat a lot of them. I think ultimately, I think if you're an athlete, you will often have a nutritionist writing your diets for you, telling you exactly what to yeah. do. If you're just like us lot who enjoy working out, enjoy our sports, enjoy going to the gym, Obviously, do your research into your diet. Think about what you're eating. Be mindful. But I think that's the key thing. Just be mindful what you're eating and listen to your body. If after a workout, you feel like you need to eat something, if you've had a really heavy, hard workout, have a look at what things might be best to fuel your body with. But eat. But just, I think often we get a bit too caught up in the specifics of diet and nutrition. And I think it can actually become overcomplicated. Yeah. Whereas actually, if when you start to listen to your body and listen to what it needs, it does tell you. And you will work it out yourself, really. Your body will work it out for you. And again, that's where that misconception comes in, because we go too specific. So, mm. And like, I always make the joke of, I've got a lot of men's health clients. Straight on men's health, and they're like, right, I must have a protein supplement after exercise. Well, do you, like, who, like, what are you, like, who's wrote this article? And also as well, just be careful where you get your information from because a, a lot of these articles are sponsored. 
So when you read an article that says you must have a supplement after training, they're normally sponsored by a supplement company. Because don't forget, they're big corporation companies. And work out where they're getting their figures from as well, because a lot of these companies will talk about an anabolic window, because it's a, it's a great marketing, yeah, it it's, it's marketing words. And again, I don't want to discredit anyone, that's not what this podcast is for, this is about a debate. Um, but just be careful where you're getting your information from, because all these things like anabolic um, windows and protein intakes and so many grams per, per shake and all this kind of stuff, they're, they're just marketing tactics to get you to buy their product. I think, I think one thing everyone needs to understand and remember is the nutrition industry is an industry. Like any other industry, its main goal is it wants to make money. Yeah. And how do they do that? Like you say, they need to try and come up with, like we go back to like the whole fat and sugar and carbs are all bad. Instantly they jump on the bandwagon, low fat, low sugar, low carb, low blah, 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 blah. And it's just pushing in your face and it's like, right, well this must be this must be good, blah, blah, blah. Um, but like say, come back to the protein supplement, instantly after a workout, we're told, like say through numerous sources, you must take in so much protein after this session, otherwise you're not gonna get full effect. Whether or not there's 100% truth to that, I don't think so, and I think there's quite a lot of research to sort of say, it doesn't really matter when you take it in, really. Like, unless you're like someone who needs to be pinpoint accurate, like you're competing for a show, like a bodybuilder show or something like that, then maybe it might benefit you. It's just like it might give you that 0.01% like uh, benefit, but for the majority of people, you probably want to just get in some like carbohydrates just so you can, you know, replenish muscle glycogen stores after training. But like that's probably the, mo like, the most sort of quickest thing you want to maybe do after you train, just get some, uh, some glucose in. But I mean, straight into like heavy, like dense meals, like meat and protein and stuff. Like, is it really necessary to do within a certain time frame? I think that's what you were just saying, wasn't it? Like, the most important thing is that like, we just eat. Yeah. Like, we look at like if you're a person training once a week. Yeah. You don't need to go home and be like, right, I need to have like, I need to have like a naked yeah. chicken and brown rice. Yeah. And stuff. It needs to be in the next ten minutes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, and also, you know, we all have lives. We all have jobs. Yeah. And I think unless your sport is your job where you can 100% absolutely focus on the workouts you're doing 100% and the diet you're having 100%. We all have to work our diet and nutrition around our lives yeah, yeah. and sometimes one of us will man it we've got you know an hour to fit in a quick workout and then we've got three more clients to do and we don't have that time to have that um, post-workout meal yeah. but it doesn't matter yeah. as long as we feel fueled as long as we feel happy our bodies feel happy they're getting what they need fine crack on you're doing fine and then the last misconception we've got here so is there such thing as good and bad food isn't that kind of we touched a little bit on it when we were talking about eddie hall eating a bucket of porridge and michael phelps eating pizzas and god knows what else um my opinion is there's no such thing as a good and a bad food but there is such thing as too much of something mm -hmm. and i think that's the problem so we're doing this podcast as we speak we're, we're out from easter a couple of weeks out from easter i mean we've all been probably popping a few too many cream eggs and god knows what at the moment but that isn't going to kill you. Mm -hmm. The thing that's going to kill you is doing that Easter egg rather than having one Easter egg or two over two weeks. The thing that's going to kill you is having two a day. Yeah. And this is where this kind of this fat sugar carbs make you fat thing. But is there such thing as a bad food? No, because at the end of the day, what is food? It's 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 a mixture of fat, carb, and sugar. Really, if we if we break it down into its simplest form, that's what all foods are. But the problem is some carry higher fat content, some carry higher, higher, higher protein content, but everything in moderation is absolutely fine. 
Um, I read an interesting article once on Roger Federer, and they said, what diet do you follow? He said, I don't. And now we're talking about an elite tennis player. We're talking about one of the greatest of all time. Doesn't have a nutritionist, eats what he wants. And he, he just said, look, I don't go crazy. I'm not, I don't go crazy. Like, I don't go crazy on this, I don't go crazy on that. But he's like, I allow myself to eat. And if you've just played five hours of tennis, a burger's not gonna kill you, is it? And I think this is where, this is where we kind of get mixed up because again I, I, again, I don't wanna discredit anything and I'm not gonna mention like, any names, but we know of one of the big, the big, uh, the big weight loss companies use the term sin. And that is, a, that is what creates this psychological link between something being really bad. It's demonized, like, oh, this chocolate bar is a sin. This is a sin. Okay, well, it might be a sin if you eat a hundred of them a day. Yeah. But if you're eating one chocolate bar a day, it's not gonna kill you. And if you're a Roger Federer and you're playing, okay, most people that listen to this podcast aren't gonna be Roger Federer. Um, but if you're that sort of person, you're not active and you lead an active life, like where we live here, a lot of farmers, they'll be active all day. Like that's not gonna, like a chocolate bar at the end of their day isn't gonna kill them or a packet of crisps is gonna kill them. They're probably doing three, 4,000 calories a day expenditure. So that isn't gonna kill them. And I think this is where it comes in. But again, if you're leading a sedentary life, you just eat for it. And I always talk about good and bad foods in a way of, I always eat accordingly, so I don't ever neglect myself a Chinese takeaway or a meal out, but what I'm not gonna do is, if I know I'm going out for dinner, that evening like I'm probably gonna eat probably a bit more rich food, I might have two or three courses where I normally have one. But what I don't do is I don't go have a fry up for breakfast and I don't have a, a huge lunch, because I'm going out that evening, so it's just about being, I think it's just about being smart with your calories. Yeah. Having a heavy calorie day on one day isn't gonna make yeah. the blindest bit of difference to your life, but when you talk about you put on weight is when you do that that over that over your calorie overeating every day for a period of time yeah. we've all been away we've all gone on holiday where we've gone oh we've eaten too much and we feel and we feel for it but a couple of weeks back a couple of days back back into your exercise routine again back into your eating habits the little little stomach you probably put on the goats mm -hmm. and i just think it's a it's about it's about not not neglecting yourself i think you were having a conversation with a client sort of earlier today about it that actually if you if you if you withdraw something from your diet too much or like anything in your life if you say i'm going to stop doing this there's a niche there that you want to you want to do it and normally when, and then if you take it away when you go back to it you then normally excess mm -hmm. you normally binge yeah. um and this is where that kind of binge eating comes from because people like you say they'll go into the, they fluctuate so they go on their diet for six months do really well and then they have six months of binge and they're back to square one again and a lot of people go, and this comes from, I think this comes from psychology rather than sort of physiology because people, it's, it's this attachment with food, that's bad, that's good, that's bad, that's good. A burger's bad, but a salad is good. Well, actually, if you eat 5,000 calories in a salad every day, that's actually bad. Okay, you've got to eat a lot of it to get to that point. But if you're blitzing up, like saying juicing diets, if you're blitzing up salad and greens and all that every day and you're, eat, you're consuming a lot of calories, actually, you're better off having one burger. Absolutely, it's, it's just working out what foods fit into your calories for the day. And as part of my as part of my course, I've been having to write diet plans, and they give you a case study of a person, and they say this person is on this many calories, but they don't like this food, this food, this food, this food, this food, but they want to make sure you get two chocolate bars into their diet of the day go do it yeah. and it is perfectly possible if that's what you want to do if you say if you come here and you say i know i need to lose weight but i don't want to give up my daily chocolate bar you don't have to you do not have to as long as your calories fit into your deficit if you're trying to lose weight 
or if they fit into your surplus, if you're gaining, or maintenance, if you're staying the same, you're fine. Um, just eat mindfully and eat healthy and do not neglect yourself of those things because that's when you get that sort of binge eating habits where you're, if you're too strict on yourself, it's not sustainable and you'll go up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. But it leads to, like again, it comes back to the psychology of that where, okay, it, what I find is if you do that, it then leads to actually eating disorders mm. because people go, oh, I've eaten, like, I've had two chocolate bars today, I'm going to go throw it up. All of a sudden, we've now got a bigger issue of bipolar. Um, I know someone, a really good friend of mine, um, they have uh, exercise-induced bulimia. I'd never heard of it before, but basically what it is, they, they eat and then they feel they have to exercise immediately to go and burn those calories off and that's a psychological thing that isn't a that isn't a physiological thing that's a that's a and but that's that's come from a that's come from a probably not their personal bad relationship with food but that's become from a society which we live in especially like say western culture we we this and and i'm glad that kind of things like magazines and stuff and reporters have kind of they've stopped doing this kind of thing but i remember when i was younger people would be like like we're in like award season now for like movies and stuff. There'd be a write up in the paper the next day of who looked good and who looked who looked shit, mm-hmm. and it'd be like, and it'd be like, oh, this dress was horrible and this this doesn't no, look. And, remember, like, yeah. and like um, that, that kind of stuff's kind of gone out of it now. But I remember growing up with that environment and that, as a kid, that influences what you do and yeah. you're always kind of on. You're always everyone's always we're always so worried about what people think of us. And I think this kind of good food, bad food, and again, it comes from programs like. Um, was it Gillian McKeith and stuff? And she did like programs on TV when we were kids mm. about good and bad foods and all these things. These these were like common common practice on on TV. I remember there was a there was a program like Fat versus Thin where I was just about to say that you had yeah, the, you had the guys that. who were extreme yeah. extreme ends of each scale. You had a guy who was grossly overweight and a guy who was grossly underweight, and they would swap diets for a week. And it was and it was always this kind of really extreme examples and and actually. And like I was watching that as like a ten-year-old, eleven-year-old, because it was on. It's on in the daytime. It was on at like four or five o'clock yeah. in the evening. And like these things weren't protect. These weren't. We weren't protected from that kind of stuff. And it was just a. But that can. We're lucky. We we we've kind of built the knowledge up and stuff of fitness. But you can see why that really has a detrimental effect on, on people or as a society and where this kind of good and bad food thing comes from. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's just an interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting debate. I think, I think you sort of said something a second ago. You said. Uh, sort of saying like we should make sure we eat healthy and again like I think that sometimes even gets misunderstood because it kind of gets mixed in with like the good and bad food we associate like good foods are healthy foods but what are healthy foods how I like to sort of think of it is healthy foods are just foods that are more nutrient dense really just foods that like you get a little bit more bang for your buck essentially so like you look at a McDonald's cheeseburger and you look at the nutrient amounts in it in terms of like things like the same like fiber, vit- like your vitamins, minerals, is there a whole bunch of that? Or is it just like your back blood box added carbs, fats, proteins, all in that one thing and you don't get too much of the other stuff? That's kind of what it's like, but then that's how I sort of look at it. Like a good food is maybe just not necessarily because it's good, it just contains more nutrients. And then what we class as bad foods just might not have many nutrients. So I just kind of scrapped the words good and bad and it's just more like, is it nutrient dense or does it not have that much nutrients? And you kind of weigh up like, am I that bothered about all the health benefits from this? Or would I rather for today just eat this, I don't know, burger because it's really nice and it'll probably stop me binging out later on in the week so i think that i think that boils down to one of the key things i've i think we've said in every point throughout this 
is just everything in moderation. Yeah, literally. I think the term like a balanced diet is the best diet. It kind of is. Like just a bit of everything, really. Like yeah. don't be afraid of anything. No. Um, as long as, like you say, like as long as it's in moderation and you're like sensible and you don't go excessive, because it's as soon as you are excessive with one with one thing, that tends to be where you start getting more metabolic conditions and you start getting like overweight and loads of other stuff come with it. So that's why, like like you said, just eat a bit of everything. Don't be afraid of anything. Just don't eat too much of anything. And I think we're guilty as exercise professionals. We kind of we we kind of skip over this nutrition stuff a little bit. I know I do. Um, because we'll always go physically listen to your body. So if you're a bit sore, don't train as hard. Yeah, yeah. But then, go, oh, my body's really craving a McDonald's. No, 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 you can't do that. But listen to your body. Like we say, listen to your body in a physical sense, but on a nutrition sense as well. Listen to it. Like if you think, do you know what? I fancy Chinese and I haven't had one for three weeks. Yeah. It's not going to kill you. Like listen to your body. Like your, if your body wants it and craves it. And I had this conversation with one of my youth athletes. Um, they were like, they were kind of saying, oh, about this, about this, about this. And I was like, well, if you've played for a whole weekend of sport, you've done a competition over Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I think a McDonald's in the car after that isn't going to kill you. I mean, I wouldn't advise you eat one between the event because, okay, we know they're less nutritious and they're probably a bit more dense and they're probably going to weigh a bit heavier on you. But actually, if you've played in your sport for five hours a day across three days, it's not going to kill you on the way home. No. So I think, yeah, listen to your body. Like I say, the overriding theme of today has been just eat balanced. And a lot, again, every point that we've, we've gone through, we've also talked about the connotation of the word. So we took, the first point we talked about fat, then we talked about weight, uh, then we talked about diet, then we talked about um, like supplements and anabolic windows. And actually, that's words. Yeah. And it's just, it's just make sure that so hopefully today's kind of demyth a little bit of those those words so diet doesn't mean go on a diet weight doesn't mean fat fat doesn't mean adipose tissue and there's all these things that actually healthy doesn't have to mean eat healthy eat clean is, the, is what we hear a lot and it's actually just kind of just just be sensible yeah literally and i think i think yeah the overriding theme of today is just 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 be sensible and and think about what you're doing and yeah just listen to your body so thanks for joining us today rachel yes Hope, Thanks for having me. Hope you had fun and um, we'll catch up with you guys soon.